Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much for listening. This week's conversation with Jackie McDougall is a great follow-up to my conversation with Amy Smith from a couple weeks ago. In other words, a couple episodes ago. Amy and I talked about people-pleasing and boundaries. And with Jackie today, we talk about finding your voice, standing up for yourself, and authenticity. In particular, we talk about the authenticity of gray hair. This is a fabulous one, you guys. Jackie is amazing. She's a broadcast professional for over two decades. She's been the driving creative force for many projects for Warner Brothers, Disney, and NBC. She serves as the go-to person to help A-list talent, experts, and others establish a unique voice and build community. She's also the host of the 40 Thrive podcast. I love this woman. She's my new best friend, and I hope you love her too. Enjoy this episode. I love you. You are magical. You are a miracle. Go forth and be awesome. Jackie, my new best friend. I'm so excited to play with you. (laughs) Same. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for asking. You know, I love... I love how you came into my life, what, like three months before? I don't know. I'm not so good with time. Yeah, it was like May. Okay. And then we, these last few weeks, we've done like an intensive together and it has been <laughs> so fun. Yeah, we're best friends now. We are best friends. So I'm excited to share <laughs> you with everybody else. Thank you. And you even did a reading for my husband and <laughs> uh, and he's like, you know, he'll go to the, the church of Kelsey as well. Like we're, we're attending every Sunday. <laughs> One of the things I told him is I love doing reading for people when I haven't met the person yet. So I like see their soul and then they show up and we're in Zoom together and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited to see the human attached to this. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. You, you're, you're brilliant. I'm telling you, we've been talking about our different, you know, our separate readings and I'm, and I'm so happy that we did them separately. Um, so we could sort of really, um, lean into like the unique humans that we are Mm. in that moment and then come together as a couple and really like talk about our design and and how it can work really well together. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And that gives you guys an opportunity to play in your strategy strengths and yes. Exactly. Nicely done. Yes. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about you. All right. So Let's start out with the fact that you're on a mission to help women find their voice. I really am. That is my jam. It is, you know, and when I say find your voice, it could be, you know, I am a podcast coach. I do teach women how to podcast, but it's so much more than that. Finding your voice could be speaking up that on Friday night when you do takeout that you'd like it from this restaurant. Like there are so many women out there who are afraid to share their opinion or to piss people off or, you know, to maybe not be accepted in a certain way. And so finding your voice could be running for local election. It could be, you know, campaigning for a a party or a a candidate you love. It could just be showing up with your friendship, you know, showing up in your friendships authentically and, Mm. and putting your needs on the front burner. Like it's, it's so, it all, the only person who knows how they need to find their voice is the person who needs to find their voice. Mm, 
So true. How did you become so passionate about this? Um, I think it all, I have to say, I think it started because I am one of 13 kids in, in my family. And um, wait, can we just know, sit with that for a second? Yeah. 13 children. I'm the 11th. So there are 10 older and two younger. And um, I, I always had something to say, but I wasn't sure what well, number one, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, shut up. <laughs> it's too loud, too many, too many voices. But also like, I didn't know how to say it effectively. And so I remember as a kid, just getting louder and louder and louder and thinking like, then they'll pay attention to me instead of really understanding how other people receive. You know, I think we're, many of us are just talking right now. I mean, I know you took your social media retirement, like, mm-hmm. because people are just yelling things into the ether <laughs> and, and then not understanding why other people aren't hearing them. Yes. And I, and I think when you find your voice, you also need to find how to say what you want to say in a way that other people will listen. So you're saying that we don't have to yell? We don't have to yell. <laughs> In fact, have you ever been around one of those people who's so calm and they, and they talk sort of quietly and you find yourself leaning in? Yes. Yeah. Imagine that mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know that person has something to say of value. You've already witnessed it. And so you're leaning in because you're like, I really care about what they have to say. So I, I think it's important to find our voice, but I don't think it's important to yell and get louder, which is funny because I'm a loud person. <laughs> but I, I, I think there are other ways to communicate um, passionately and effectively, intelligently, without just spewing one-sided views. Yeah. So how do you teach people? How do you guide them to be, to be brave enough to stop yelling? I think the very first, and this is a great question I have to say, because I don't think I've ever even like broken it down like this, which is interesting. But I think number one, listening to what they have to say and validating it. There are so many women and I, and I obviously I work with men. I love men. I'm married to a man. I have three sons, you know? Um, I just know I gel well with women. I'm a girl's girl. And, and I use tough love, you know, in a way that women have responded, like men sometimes don't know what to do with me. But I think really asking pointed questions to get to know the person and then reflecting back to them in a way that they go, huh, maybe I do have something to say that people may want to listen to. You know, that skill of validating of acknowledging and validating people. That's like the first thing we learned in coaching school. Mm. And it was the thing that I struggled with the most with the people closest to me because I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I believe in what you said, you know, and I want to skip over that step. And it took doing that to learn, oh, the most powerful step is the acknowledging and validating and sometimes that's actually all that's needed. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I could be better at it in my own home. I don't claim to be, oh, I'm so amazing at reflecting back. You know, I just think that 
the women I work with and the, and the community that I lead, so many people are listening to these BS stories that other people have determined and that all they, all they need is like, it's like, you remember the, the sofas in the seventies that would be covered in plastic. <laughs> it's like, you can see the sofa, right? It's, it's, it's there. You know what the pattern is. You know what the color is, but you can't really touch it. You can't feel what the fabric is. You can't like, you, you can see that there's a comfy sofa under there, but you can't have it. <laughs> exactly. And I think that some of these stories that we have um, either been told or lead to, you know, led to believe ourselves there, it's just like that plastic covering. It's like, I dude, I can see you. I can see how valuable you are. I can see the gifts that you bring to the world. Take off the plastic cover. And then, you know, they do, they take, maybe they take off the plastic cover on a corner. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this feels good. I can breathe, you know? And so I just, I, I love that feeling. And, and you do the same with your work. Like you validate people over and over. I, I, and, and, you know, I know this, you didn't plan for this to be like a commercial for your services, but what the hell it helps. Right. So, but I think that you help people see what they have um, seen as flaws in themselves and you remind them that this is actually how they were designed and what a gift that is. Yes. And I'm so passionate about that. So passionate about that. Thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, You're welcome. I really think that seeing, seeing, well, seeing that everything is a gift is one thing. Really, mm -hmm. truly seeing people is another thing. And then just being able to like, this is something I want to happen in everyday life. This is why I dream of everyone having their human design chart, like on a business card that they introduced. You'd be like, hi, I'm Jackie. And then like show your chart. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Right. So you've got a defined route and let's go for a walking meeting instead of sitting here and just like parking our butts on the chair to talk. You're probably going right. to be better while we're moving. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> we'll have our cards, right? Like little QR codes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And so you'll just be able to see everybody's gems mm -hmm. and then to be like, oh, you have this trait. Maybe you can help me. I do not have that trait. Maybe you can help me with it because that's yeah. how we're all supposed to fit together as these puzzle pieces. Right. And just understanding yourself. Like I said, like, I mean, there are certain things that you told me that I, I, for all these years, I've been like, oh, that's a flaw. That's a flaw. I'm supposed to be more like this. And then you're like, you're this, this is your design. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why have I been banging my head against a wall expecting that I can do one thing and do it better than, I mean, the messages out there, right? Especially online businesses. We know mm -hmm. this. It's like, follow my five-step blueprint. And it's, I mean, it's marketing. And so you have to be able to remove yourself from it, but, but it does send messages to us that like, you're not doing it correctly, that yeah. there's a better way. And come to find out, no, there's not a better way for me. The way I'm doing it is great. Exactly. Yeah. It's freedom. Mm -hmm. I feel and like human design is freedom. Yes. <laughs> you can drop that mic right now. <laughs> yes. Um, so how about, hey, let's get back to finding, finding your voice. Mm -hmm. or did, wait did you ever have trouble so you were as a little kid mm. you're yelling trying to be heard how did you figure it out 
Yeah. The yelling didn't work. Um, and, and I definitely not in a place where I'm like, oh, my family of origin didn't listen to me. Like, but there were 13 of us. They didn't listen to me. Just like they didn't listen to number 10. <laughs> they didn't listen to number six. Like, it's just by design, th there, it was not set up for the best listening. You know, just the situation in general. Um, you know, I realized I had a voice. I think there were little messages um, throughout my life, but I was at a party. So I, I've worked, I worked in television for like 25 years. I was at a party probably in the last 10 years with somebody that I worked with in the nineties. And it was like, it, this happened like three times in, in a week. But he said, I remember that time where I did this and you said this, and it was very specific. Like he quoted me. He, he, knew exactly what I said and how I made him feel. And as, as somebody who grows up in a big family, and I don't know if somebody's listening, who's like, yes, I get this, but you feel a little bit invisible in the world. Like you feel like you're moving through the world and nobody can see you. And so when somebody acknowledges that you're there, you go, oh, 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 you could see me. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know you could see me. I thought I could just like move through life. And so when he said that, it was, it was kind of crazy. And then I went back east to see family and I was at a local bar and I saw a guy from high school and, and he quoted me something I said in high school. And I'm like, wait a second, maybe all this time people have been listening. Like I, 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 ha I have been heard. I just didn't see it. I was looking at, I was looking to the wrong people to be heard. If that makes sense. Like I, and I think everybody can relate to that statement in some way or another, yeah. when you're trying to be seen and heard, sometimes you're just in the wrong room. Yeah, exactly. And I discovered like, I, I do have something to say. Um, most of the things that people remembered were sarcastic comments that I made when I was younger. Cause I used to be very sarcastic. Um, used to be, but um, it, I just discovered like, I could use this, this gift for good and I could lift people up and have them remember that, mm. you know? Yeah. You found your way, like the way you're here to change the world. Yeah. And it's, I could spend 20 minutes with someone and then reflect back like, whoa, I know that you're talking about that you've been beaten down by this A, B, and C, but do you see how you came out on the other side and you found this purpose and you're doing this in the same time and you're showing up and you could be like under the covers and they just look at me like, oh my gosh, like you're seeing me. So I'm kind of like paying it forward that those people who showed me that I was worthy of being seen and heard, now I try to do that as much as I can in my, in my work, in my life, in my friendships, um, in my marriage. I could probably do better at that, but let's be honest. <laughs> and that's why marriage is a place for growth. <laughs> yes. Constant. It's a practice. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about finding, well, finding your voice, amplifying your voice, whatever it is what you do with your voice mm. on your podcast, 40 Thrive. Like, what's your intention for that? Yeah. Well, I were on some of the TV shows that I worked on, mostly daytime, they would get a large audience of women over 40. And often 
there would be meetings about how do we get a younger audience? How do we get a younger audience? You know, that's what the advertisers want, the younger audience. And I used to think like, you've got millions of women over 40 showing up to watch your show. You should be serving them. Like I understand TV enough to go like, that's a little bit naive because the advertisers want what they want. But I saw that like they weren't appreciated and they were, they were showing up ready to learn, ready to experience, ready to be entertained. And people were kind of like blowing them off. Like, that's fine. Thanks for coming. But we're looking for these people. And some of the content that was being created was like super close to being really good. But again, they weren't acknowledging the audience they had. And so, you know, it's, it's tough for a talk show to launch and stay um, and be successful. I mean, you see them every September they, they launched and then by May, many of them are gone. In their minds, what made a younger audience better? Money. Money. Because if you're Procter & Gamble and you want new moms to be watching this TV show so you can sell more diapers, I don't, you know, I, um, it's all about the, bo- you know, the bottom dollar. And so I just really responded and connected with the content and that audience. And as I was over 40, um, I just wanted to, to create something that it's, and it's not one of those, like, it's, it's, I feel like when you're over 40, you're in a place where you've lived a lot of life. You've learned a lot of lessons. You give fewer F's or whatever you want to call it. You can say fucks. (laughs) Oh, I can? Yeah. Excellent. You give fewer fucks about like what other people think, but at the same time, there's so much more life to be had. Many people, if they've chosen to have children, um, the kids are getting older. They're not uh, most often not breastfeeding or going to preschool sometimes, but you can really focus on yourself. And it's like this rediscovery of who you are and an and innovation of who you can become. I hate the word um, reinvention because like to me, reinvention is like scrap it all and start over. But innovation is taking all of the things and all the bad stuff that you've gone through and all the challenges and all the good stuff and like helps you become who you're meant to be. And I think that there's a, it's a sweet spot over 40, like 40s and 50s specifically, where you can just like dive into that area and just like find your voice in the way that best aligns with who you are. What is the gift for society for women over 40 finding their voice? That is such a good question. I'm telling you right now, like, Women over 40 finding their voice in this world that we're in at this moment is absolutely everything. We aren't yelling for the sake of yelling. (laughs) We used to do that in our 20s and 30s, right? To be heard. Mm -hmm. Now we're like, this is important to me. So I'm going to like the stuff that I used to think was important to me, I'm going to let that go. And I'm going to really, and I'm going to get not louder, but much more intentional with how I'm using my voice now, standing up for what I believe in, standing, like doing what I think is not only best for my family or my community or, um, but for the world in general, there's, there's no population in my opinion that could lead the charge of bringing people together the way women over 40 can. What's the, is the magic simply giving fewer fucks? No, I think it's just being 
that's part of it. So, so, you know, I mean, think about what life looked like at 30, 35, maybe even, and some of the stuff I would get stressed over, like, man, if you didn't show up for Thanksgiving and you said you were going to be here, like, whoa, like it was like, and, and now I, what a ridiculous thing to spend three days after Thanksgiving stressed about, right? Like that, that person who said they were coming, didn't come. Like, why is that? I, I now, it's not that I don't have those reactions. It's I ask myself in the moment now, why is this so upsetting to you? Like, why are you upset by it? And then I start to think like, family's really important to me. And I want to be that place, that, that home that brings people together. And I want to carry on uh, my mom's legacy, you know, and she was really good at that. And I love that quality in me. And when someone does that, I, I, I'm not aligned with that quality. Like whatever, whatever it is, when you understand why you're having that reaction, you can let it go. And so I think right now there are, are so many women over 40 who are really intentional in the work they're doing. Like, look at you. You weren't doing human design under 40, right? Nope. Nope. Did I just, I don't know. Cause I don't know age. <laughs> I genuinely forget how old yeah. I am on a regular basis. <laughs> well, you know, you're over 40, but it, it's really not about the age. It's about the stage. Mm -hmm. It's about the experience, you know, for demographic and marketing reasons. Like it's got to, you've got to say something tangible where people go, Oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. But it's really about the mindset of an experienced woman. Yeah, I agree with you. And I disagree with you. You know that because <laughs> yes. I like take off the numbers and I'm totally with you. Yeah. But ages just never resonated with me. And I think yeah. it's just, yeah, as we, whatever it is, whether it's time that allows us to get to this place of knowing ourselves and being grounded in our truth or doing the work like right. hardcore, um, or, you know, I think there are people in their seventies, eighties and beyond who haven't gotten there yet. Right. And, and, and one of the reasons that it's over 40 specifically is, you know, our bodies do change whether we like to admit it or not. And so to have a group that's just to empower women and somebody wants to come in and talk about menopause, somebody wants to come in and talk about how they just don't feel the same in their, in their own skin and that they're, you know, maybe packing on a little bit of weight, eating exactly the way they did five years ago. Like there are certain challenges that many people face. And I like to create that safe space so that you don't feel like a freak because <laughs> how many times do we feel like it's just me? Yeah. And so if it were, if it were open to all women, I don't think there would be that camaraderie and community of saying like, oh my gosh, same you know? And so I think it's really important. I do receive your point and understand your point and in many ways live your point. But I think also, um, I like celebrating this age, you know, because everybody else is celebrating the young, mm -hmm. you know, and I like celebrating. And I got to tell you too, like I just did a, a post about this. My mom was 39 when she died of breast cancer. And so um, we talked about this in my human design that I was three years old and I just automatically assumed my entire life that 39 was the end game. That was it. And so when I turned 40, I was like, oh, there's something magical here. Like, this is amazing. Like the birds were singing and I, I felt like Snow White, you know, like <laughs> it was just like bonus time. And so I think I have taken this time as 
something to really enjoy and to dig deep and to jump in with both feet and I, and every other cliche I can throw in. And, um, and I think that it's more fun when you can celebrate that time with other people. Yeah. What you just said is so powerful. I, you are not the only person who has had a parent die at a young age or like any specific age and has Mm -hmm. just, you know, unconsciously or consciously logged. That's my expiration date. Yep. And then to be able to see the gift that is every single day after that point is amazing. To realize that you are not your mother. Right. Is amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I found out in my mid thirties that I had the same genetic mutation and I had surgeries and I had, you know, I have my whole, like, I've never had cancer knocking on wood, but you know, I had the same risks. And, and so I made some choices based on that. And that too was super empowering. She wasn't given that choice. And I think choices are, they're, they're amazing when we can make choices. I don't think we appreciate the value of choices mm. in our, in our life, in our country. I could vote for whoever I want to vote for, and I can do a podcast with whomever I want to talk to. Like, you know, I can make choices that my mother did. She didn't have any options as far as her health. Like there was no genetic testing and there was no early intervention. There were no mammograms. I'm actually, I'm, I'm totally making that up. I don't know if there were mammograms, but it wasn't something that looks the way it looks now. So I feel really lucky. I mean, even if there were mammograms, there probably wasn't anyone telling her to get one. Right. And she was regularly pregnant. So... <laughs> You know, I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I just, um, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that there's not struggle and challenges, but I, but I see the, the, the beauty in the struggle sometimes and the challenges and know that it's happening for me. Mm. And, you know, maybe at 30, I would why is this happening to me? And I don't feel that way at almost 50. I want to talk more about that because you, in your, in your human design, your soul picked out the gift of withstanding a shit storm, Mm. being able to thrive in a shit storm. And along with that gift comes some shit storms to thrive in. Yes. So here you are saying that you now see that they're all for you. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know if you believe everything happens for a reason. I do not. Um, but I do believe you can find purpose in everything that happens. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that some of the trauma that's happened in my life and in the lives of people I love is, was supposed to happen. I don't believe that, but I do believe like, for example, I, I have a niece who died in 2011 in a car crash. And it was the, we'd had death in our family, but she, it was the first, like, it just, just knocked the wind out of everybody. It was, it was that three o'clock in the morning call on the West Coast that you, you know is coming one day and you just, anyway, like, it, it was probably single-handedly, like, the most traumatic event our family had experienced in many years. And I couldn't believe the love, like how we came together as 13 children, 
and how we supported our, you know, our sister who had just lost a child. Like it again, like I could go back there and just feel that pit in my stomach and experience it all over again in my, in my emotions. But I can also at the same time experience all of the um, to grow up on the East Coast in the 70s and, and, and not, not a lot of I love yous were exchanged and not a lot of kind, you know, it was, it was a different time. And here we were like just supporting and loving and surrounding each other and wrapping each other in love. And it was like the most amazing thing. And, and, and we've been different ever since. And that's been, you know, nine years. So we've, we have experienced more trauma since then but the love and the, the deep connection is greater than it's ever been. Mm. So while there may not be a purpose for your niece's death, there is a massive gift in it in that you guys all yeah. came together. Right. There's finding purpose in your life from it and not the purpose for it happening. Yeah. I just want to say that it's incredible to have such a big family that is so <laughs> close. Yeah. It's all I've ever known, you know, especially being like one of the younger ones, you know, you just, you just live it, you know, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> how do you, how do you think that shaped you other than you, than it helping you find your voice and realize that it wasn't through yelling? <laughs> um, I, I had to move away to really get to know myself. Um, I don't know if you can relate to like, when you're in it and you're like, oh, this is the worst. I hate where I live and people still live where they grew up and what's wrong with them and why don't they, aren't they, why aren't they expansive? And, and it was so much judgment. And now I've lived in California half my life away from that family of origin and the upbringing that I, it, it, that's what it took for me to appreciate that. Like when I go back to the East Coast and you're like, oh, it's so green here. It's not like LA, you know, it's, you know, there's, I, I love rainstorms and stuff that you grew up with that you took for granted. That's just weather. But same with my family as, as human beings. It can be overwhelming as a family unit with that many people. But when you think about the individual people, like I could not love them more. We're all very different. We have different views. We may debate over politics, <laughs> you know, but I needed that distance to be able to kind of see them for who they are and to appreciate where I came from. Mm. Yeah, I think that's true in many aspects of our lives, whether it's extracting yourself from your family so you can see more clearly or from a job or even going through an illness or whatever it could be. Right, right. It gives you perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think um, I'm resilient because of them. I'm resilient. Um, you know, I I've seen, I've seen some things. I've seen <laughs> what it can look like when there's chaos. And I've seen when, you know, especially when you look at older siblings who've taken personal responsibility for maybe issues they were having, challenges, uh, addiction, things like that. Like, you know, you know that I, ha I have a sister who passed away. Um, over the summer and she was a twin and the other sister was an alcoholic and you know, she's a bartender and she um, has struggled for many, many of her years. And she is now like running five K's and looks literally 20 years younger than she did 10 years ago. Like she is, she has taken this struggle and this loss 
as a way to better her own life and to, you know, to really live her own life. And that's what I'm, that's what I was surrounded by um, in my family are, you know, people who could have taken, she could have spiraled. She could have used that as an excuse to go even further into the ground. And she didn't, she, she used that as a reason to, to begin to live her life in a way that felt maybe by her design. Maybe yeah. she was, you know, living against her, her design. <laughs> yeah, totally. But, you know, I'm so proud of her. And I think when I have all those examples in my life, like, I want to be like that too. Mm. You know what? It's interesting because I believe that we're all in earth school here. Yeah. And it's like your soul chose your primary classroom to be your family, your family mm-hmm. of origin. Like, look, you're going to be surrounded by a whole bunch of other people who are all different than you. So you're going to start learning from day one about all the different ways that humans can be. Yes. yes. I feel like maybe your soul is impatient to meet all the people. <laughs> it's like, give them to me all now. Give them all to me as siblings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're right, because you can see like other people's choices that are, you know, that you look up to go, oh, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. And oh, I want to do more of that. You know, and everybody's on their own earth school journey. And so I I was able to kind of like sit back and watch and see, oh, if I make choices like this, I may have a better life. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Like that was a really cool idea for your soul. (laughs) My soul's awesome. It is awesome. (laughs) I want to get back to your helping people find their voice. Mm Mm-hmm. And what's the biggest lesson you have learned as you've been helping other people find their voice? That their voice is not up to me. So sometimes when you see something, maybe you get this in human design, but you see something in someone, you're like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what you should be doing. I can envision you doing this successfully. And they're sometimes not either A, not interested in your big plans for for their life or B, not at that stage yet. And so reflecting back to them and, and helping them with that, but not pushing my experience and my opinions on somebody else's voice. You actually just ex- described a key part of my design which is I'm intuitive about the future for other people. And so I get Mm. these hits about things that people are being called to do, but it's typically like, I'm trying to figure out if there's a regular timeline. Is it six months early? Is it a (laughs) year early? Because they do tend to come into place. Yes. But the patience lesson, always the patience lesson for me. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like patient. I used to joke, I can't remember what I used to say, but it was something about patience was just laziness. <laughs> like, come on, let's go. I, I, I am not the most patient person. I'll admit that. No, I'm working on it constantly. <laughs> I think that's my, like, I'm in that enrolled in that class. Yes. Every, same. every day. Yes. Agree. And, and being with someone who is you know, sort of meticulous in his research and his uh, thought process. Like if I ask him how he's, you know, what do you want for dinner Friday night? Like, and he's like, I don't know. And then I'm like, it's always on me, but it's just like, he's, he, he, he needs the time to get there. 
Yeah. Also, he's an MG, so don't <laughs> let him commit to anything too far in advance. I was just listening to that. Yes. <laughs> That's right. So ask him tomorrow what he wants for yes. dinner tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Jackie, what's the scariest thing you've ever done? Hmm. That is a great question. I think I've said this before. I think being myself and any like being oneself, uh, like authentically, is a daily act of courage. I think it would be so easy. That's scary to me to show up. Like for example, like I'm I'm highly considering growing out the gray in my hair. And I, that just this week have been not spraying. So I'm in between the colors and I normally would spray it. So like, don't want Kelsey to see that I have gray hair under here, but I'm, I'm really trying to lean into just showing up as myself. Like, can we just talk about hair color just for half a second? Because I've been talking to, this is actually a really important topic. I've been talking to my husband where we as women are taught to feel shame when what is actually part of us shows up. Mm-hmm. It's so, I don't know, I've gotten so passionate about this topic over the past couple of weeks where it's like, oh, that's growth of my body, right? My, it's my physical manifestation of who I am. And we are taught to feel shame and, and to buy things to hide it. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's wild to me. Um, and part of me feels, and maybe it's part, partly due to the amazing human design, uh, reading I had, but I, I feel like I need to have the courage to embrace what my body looks like and what, it doesn't mean I don't want to wear makeup or do my hair or things like that. Like I love to feel pretty, but I also at the same time feel like, what if I allowed myself to actually have the hair color that wants to come through and not every five weeks try to hide myself. Like what message would that send to the world and what impact could I make on other people's lives? And what would you see when you look in the mirror? Yes. Yes. That, did you see, you got a mouth breath. That's <laughs> like when truth, when, when I hear truth, I unconsciously breathe it in through my mouth. Mm. Yeah. I just, it's really emotionally affected me lately. I just don't want to, I don't want to keep hiding. And I think, you know, turning 50, I'll be 50 in April. I think, you know, as much as we don't care about age, like you do start to big birthdays, you start to like assess, what do I have? Like, I love my, my husband and my marriage. Um, we're constantly wanting to grow together. I'm so grateful for that. I have three teenage boys I love. I'm doing work that lights me up. So why as a human being am I hiding so much? And so when you talk about scary, I don't think for myself that I can show up in the way that I'm meant to, the way that my soul picked out for me, if I don't embrace all of me. You are so wise, Jackie McDougal. Oh, thanks. It took me me a few years. (laughs) You know what? We're all on our own schedule. (laughs) Exactly. I got one last question for you. Okay. Imagine you have a billboard and you can put it anywhere you want. It's a magical billboard. Everyone in the world can read it. What does it say? 
you are worthy right now. Mm -hmm. If I could, like you with your human design cards, if I could, you know, I'd probably look like one of those religious people in front of the grocery store. But I truly, if, if, if we could just understand that you don't have to achieve more, earn more, do more, be more to be worthy in this moment, exactly as you are. And this is a lesson that I have not mastered. It's something I'm still learning, but I, if, if other people could just know that they were born worthy and that all the, all the ways that you were taught that you're maybe not worthy weren't even about you. Yes. They were about somebody else's shit. Yes. So if, if imagine, like, just imagine for a second, like, and I, I, my podcast is not political and I'm not going to get political. I'm just talking about the energy of what's out there. Mm -hmm. Imagine if every single person in the world, in our country, thought they were believed to their core that they were worthy. I don't think it would look the way it looks. I don't think it would either. You know, from the top right down. Now, there's a whole lot of shit being thrown around. Yes. And people who know that they're worthy, they don't throw shit. No, they don't have to. No. They don't have to yell. They can, they can express their beliefs. Um, I'm cool with that. Even if, you know, they don't believe, like you talked about finding your voice. Like I have coached women to launch podcasts who do podcasts about things that I do not believe in. And the funny thing is like, so I'm not a religious person. I had a, a Christian woman who started a podcast and she kept trying to come middle of the road. And granted, we're not talking about like human rights or anything like that. Like I would not, that, mm-hmm. that's not cool with me. Um, but, but just her, her messaging, like she is a religious woman. She's a pastor. She's, you know, and she kept trying to come middle of the road, come, you know, and I kept saying, no, 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 go back in your lane. Not because she can't attract people maybe who believe something different, but because the people who are around her, um, and she's a, a very lovely, kind human being, um, but the people who are around her who need her message need her to not try to please everyone. They need her to lead them. And so I don't have to believe in what you believe for us to have an amazing conversation and to understand each other. Um, And if we feel worthy of ourselves, we don't have to scream at each other. Yes. I believe that it like an amazing conversation comes from us both being in our own lanes, Mm -hmm. both being authentic and letting our hearts just like relay energy back and forth. Yeah. And do you ever have those conversations and you feel exhilarated after, even if it's like a debate? Yep. Well, not <laughs> debates for me because I've got an open ajna. <laughs> okay. But even like a, I shouldn't even say a debate because a debate like, but, but like we had, we, we saw some friends recently. Um, and which is a weird thing to say, because I never see friends anymore these days, yeah. but we saw some friends and, you know, we, we have very different views and on multiple occasions in the conversation, we each said to each other, oh, that's a good point. Imagine, imagine, imagine said to somebody, that's a good point. <laughs> and that requires worthiness, yes. like knowing that you're worthy 
Because when we know that we are worthy, we also know that the other person is worthy. Yes. And then we can see them and we can love them. Yes. Mm. Regardless of all the other stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're so wise. You yeah. really are. Thanks. I think we can't get to that place if we don't see the shit storm, if we no. don't go through the shit storm. And um, as many things as I've been through, I'm appreciative for all of it. Cause I, I'm, it brings me to the, like literally this moment with you, um, you know, you and I have like crossed paths several times over the last months, you know, and, and, and it all started because you had commented on a post, I think, and she podcasts. And I was like, I don't know. I, I, I trust my, that's one of the things that I, I have now that I did not have is like, I trust my gut and I trust that no matter what happens, I will get through it. I love that. You know? And it shows. Thank you. And we're going to end on that note because it's so <laughs> powerful. Uh, but before we go, will mm -hmm. you please tell us how people can find you, how they can learn podcasting from you, how they can listen to your podcast, anything else? Yes. Thank you. Um, so the you can find everything at JackieMcDougall.com. That's M-A-C and two L's at the end. Um, I get a lot of Mick you know, Irish, I grew up Irish. So it's weird to like, make sure you're the Scottish MAC. Um, so JackieMcDougall.com is where everything lives. But if you're a woman over 40 and you want to join the community, it's all under 40 thrive. Um, all the podcast apps, there's a group on Facebook, um, which you will not be in obviously Kelsey, cause you've retired. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, you know, Instagram and Twitter and all that is all under 40 thrive. Awesome. Thank you, Jackie. You're such a gem. Thank you. I could talk to you for the next three weeks. So <laughs> I know I would like that. Let's keep doing that. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I forgot to tell you at the beginning, Jackie is no relation. She is a MacDougal and Pete is a McDougal. <laughs> Big differences here or not so much. Anyway, she's a fabulous human and I am so grateful to know her and so grateful to share her with all of you. Now, if you want to get your very own human design reading, you can go schedule yourself at kelseyavitt.com slash human design. And that's all I have for you this week. I hope it's a great one. I hope it is filled with magical miracles. I love you. Go forth and be awesome.